So we here at the Inclusive Activism Podcast have a bit of a tradition, and that's looking forward, looking at what we can expect out of the new year. Uh, Although I got to admit, I'm a little hesitant. I don't know if I'm hesitant. I just don't know that my predictions are that great. Uh, So nevertheless, we're going to go ahead and look into 2020, look at like what do we think is going to happen, how are we thinking and feeling about things, what could I tell you to get you ready for 2020 as best as I possibly can, even though knowing I'm not the biggest prognosticator in the world of what's going to happen in the future. So first one, let's look at it. Uh, Do I think there's going to be a recession? Well, I've been predicting a recession for the last two years, and I have been wrong. And so I am going to go out on a weird limb, and I'm going to say I don't think there's going to be a recession. Uh, I think at this point in time, if it was going to happen, it may have happened already. Uh, I do... Uh, I did expect something like that to happen, um, I want to say the last two years a little bit more because I felt like the president was really all over the place with some of the policies uh, as far as like the trade war and stuff. I didn't think that the stock market would be that like calm about stuff. Like the stock market really doesn't seem to worry about the fact that he's just like over and over again all the time kind of putting the United States in a sense of like perpetual threat Um, but I mean shoot there's so many things that I thought would be like real or true or lasting Uh, like you know right now I'm like how are soy farmers people that make soy like how are they still on board with Trump but dude they're still on board with Trump so again I can't say I know with any degree of like mega certainty uh, what's going to happen with the economy I would say be careful um But, you know, they did some really interesting stuff recently. The fact that they got on top of lowering interest rates sooner, I think, was one of those things that was, uh, you know, smart. Like, uh, but, you know, like, the, the big unknown here is what does it mean to regular, everyday folks? Because I hear that some people are getting a little bit more money, like they're starting to get, like, some raises and stuff. But is it enough, you know? Because for me... I feel like with inflation and stuff and the fact that salaries really haven't changed much, that people got to start falling. Like, I feel like they're beginning to fall behind, but I'm not hearing like the outrage or anger about it. And maybe it's because that we're so, I don't know, that we compare each other ourselves to one another so much that we're afraid to be like, hey, I'm really at risk or or, hey, there's really a concern that maybe that's an issue. So uh, again, I don't know, but I do feel like Um, There's not a lot of padding there. Uh, I know unemployment's low, but I just don't know if, like, people are making, like, the wages. And here's what's weird is I can't tell you because I am pretty static. Like, I don't move around or change that much. And so given the fact that I don't move around or change jobs all the time, that's not the norm in American society. A lot of times people are changing and trying to look for raises because they're moving from one place to another. So again, with the economy, I can't say I really know. One thing I do know, though, and I'm willing to be pretty out there on it, I think this is going to be a stressful year. So I think um, you're going to have to keep that non-reactivity going. Um, But as far as the word of the year, and I'm going to try to remember to touch on this later, we're going to make the word of the year compassion. 
But the word of this last year was non-reactivity because people were going to try to push your buttons. People were going to try to get you upset. People wanted you to be in an upset, stressed space because they want to prey on that. And in some degree, like I'm wondering maybe if that shouldn't be something that's taken advantage of on the left to some degree. Like I wondered if a left candidate just came out and was like, I am sick of not making any more money. I am sick of not making like... Uh, any form of like salary progression. Uh, I'm sick of everything getting more expensive except for my paycheck. You know, costs keep going up everywhere except for my paycheck. Because I feel like that's what's happening to to us in the community college world. Like, we haven't gotten... I mean, we got a cost of living raise. Again, cost of living, that's not a raise. That's like money that we, unless we get, we're going behind. We're going backwards, right? So um, I'm, I'm not sure if I talked to this about this now, and I think this is really something that's good to know, that if cost of living goes up by 2%, that means unless you get a 2% raise, and it's again, it's not a raise. It's just like a recognition of the fact that things are getting more expensive. And unless you get 2% more per year, you're actually making less each year if you don't get a raise. So at the bare minimum, if inflation is 2%, whatever inflation is for a year, you need to get that inflation embedded into your paycheck or you're making less money. Because if everything else is 2% more expensive, but you're not getting 2% more out of your paycheck, you're losing money. So if you haven't asked for a raise forever, if your, your paycheck has been stuck or static for a long time, again... Don't just go in there and ask for 2%. Like go for 2% every single year you haven't had a change to your paycheck because that is one of those things that is critical and that is one of those things that is crucial. Getting back to what I was talking to before. Again, I'm not too sure how long today's podcast is going to be because I'm kind of riffing here, but it doesn't mean it's not good quality stuff. So other things that I think that we need to look at in 2020, uh, I think the political stuff is going to be bananas. Uh, I think there's a really... Like, when I say I think there's a really good chance that Trump gets reelected, I'm saying, like, 80%. And unless there's some type of, like, Herculean effort by everybody that dislikes Trump to any degree, like, I'm talking, like, everybody that dislikes Trump to some degree, go find people that weren't going to vote or voted Republican and, and change 15 people's minds for each one person, then I think there's a really good tra- chance that Trump gets reelected. One of the things that I thought like we could rely on a little bit more is the fact that the, uh, like I thought there was going to be this recession and Mr. Business guy was going to really have a hard time, time spinning this whole idea of uh, recession. You know, I'm the best economy guy, but the economy's kind of doing pretty good. You know, stock market's doing really well and that really makes people that have a lot of money happy. And so, you know, again, I, I'm, like my guess, Trump's gets reelected uh, unless something really dramatic happens. I'm not really seeing anything out of any of the Democratic candidates that is really amazing. Like there's nothing to get behind. And if you look at the latest election that happened in Britain, uh, so they did another election in Britain and like Boris Johnson is not like by any means like politically adept or amazing. Like he's no Obama, right? But he won like a very solid majority with a very conservative plan. And it's because the the plan on the side of liberals was, I don't know, cheaper college, kinda. They had no plan. They just had, we don't like this guy. 
People need a plan. People need a vision. People need to vote for something, not against something. And right now, I think Democrats are way too excited to just be against the president versus being for a vision that could really rally people, that could get people um, on their team. So I expect the uh, election process to be somewhat problematic. Um, you know, right now, Andrew Yang's the only guy, person of color, really in the race left. Today, Julian Castro dropped out. I know Cory Booker's still bumping around there, but he hasn't made it to any, like, he didn't make it to the last debate. I don't know if he's going to make it to the next debate. And Yang is not the most progressive person in the world when it comes to diversity, I think. Like, he's not bad, but, you know, he does, like, these Asian stereotype jokes to make himself more palatable. And, like, that's not cool. I mean, it plays pretty well, but it's not good. It's problematic, right? So... On the political front, I'm not excited about stuff. I'm kind of worried about things. So that's my thoughts politically. Bear down, buckle up, be careful, be wary, because I don't think I don't think things are going to change, and I'm kind of scared about that. And here's the big threat about things not changing really politically when we look at stuff is right now Australia is burning. I mean, it's on crazy fire. And, like, there's crazy fires that are happening all across America. Like, the Amazon rainforest was on fire. And not really, like, nothing's really happening. Even the progressive people that got together for the, I can't remember what it's called. But they get together to talk about climate change. They didn't come back with anything. They're just like, yeah, I don't know, it's complicated. Because, I mean, U.S. isn't providing any leadership. So I feel like the climate's going to get worse and worse in very, very scary ways. Um, I think in the next couple years, there might be a moon base. Like, there might be a base on the moon. Um, again, NASA is looking at a 2024 target of a crewed mission to the, to the moon. Um, so it's not crazy to think that maybe by 2030 there might be a base on the moon. So I think that might be something that happens. Uh, I do think that the climate change is going to get like a lot worse like it's it's said that there's only 12 years to avoid cla- catastrophic climate change uh, and that's if we limited our clo- our our global greenhouse gas emissions by half that is a tall order um, if not a towering order given that we're still raising emissions year to year so the idea that we're going to go half backwards when we're still going up is a kind of a problem. Now, that doesn't mean like the world's going to win in 2030, but if we don't meet that goal, then there's going to be stronger storms, more rising seas, and even more fierce wildfires. So I think like the only thing that really could happen with that is like it's got to be carbon carbon tax big time. Um, That has to come into effect, and then that has to help subsidize the adoption of green energy. Um, I read somewhere that like we're going to pay, I want to say $60 trillion for energy uh, if we stay with fossil fuels. If we move to renewable energy, we're only going to pay $6 trillion, $6.8 trillion to $7 trillion. So again, like, could you imagine what it would look like if like we didn't have to pay so much for gas, if we didn't have to pay so much for electricity? Imagine in a world where electricity comes like pretty close to cheap to free, you know, like it's going to make a really big difference. 
So um, it's got to be something that changes. We need to do a lot more public transportation. We need to redesign cities in ways that discourage the use of cars. Um, and then AC units need a fundamental redesign or become incredibly more efficient or find a way to sequester s- CO2 because demand for AC is going up, especially with, cl- with climate change, making the world more and more warm. So we really need to see something with that. Um, I think we're going to see, uh, you know how there's big data right now? I think pretty soon there's going to be big DNA. So over the next day, we're going to see, decade, we're going to see like a hundredfold boom in the world's output of the ability to sequence human genetic data. The drop in the costs have been bananas out there with DNA testings. And you can see that with 23andMe or like Ancestry.com or whatever. And what they're doing when you take those tests, by the way, is they're selling your genetic information to people. They're going to start doing, I'm guessing, population-based sequencing projects in more than a dozen countries, and that's going to happen in the U.S. as well. And that might produce up to 60 million different genomes by 2025. By 2030, China hopes to add another 100 million from its own precision medicine initiative. So again, think about it. Like, there's only been about a million people who have had their whole genome sequence. That's not a very diverse cohort. The more and more this stuff happens, the more uh, we get this very large genetic data. It's going to give. Um, it's going to create this technique, which is called the Mendelian randomization, which mimics clinical trials and allows researchers to tear apart or tease different correlations. And it might even be able to help people forecast very complex genetic traits like height or susceptibility to heart disease from their DNA material. Um, I also think that nuclear power might become more of a thing. And I know you're like, what? Nuclear power? Yeah, I think there might be like nuclear power plants, but not giant nuclear power plants, like little nuclear power plants. Currently, like we know how to do nuclear power and nuclear power like works pretty well, except from nuclear waste. But um, in order to hit like our climate change goals, like we're going to have to do something like in that area to look at forms of carbon free energy and say and fission energy would be awesome but fission nuclear fission still feels like it's a ways off uh, the world needs to have its carbon emissions by 2030 and embracing uh, a new generation of smaller nuclear reactors might be one of those things that get that stuff done so uh, with that, again, with 2020, things that I think that you need to look at, I still think hate and gun stuff is going to be really bananas. Uh, I don't see anything happening with that. The only thing that's nice is I'm seeing more and more stakes, states take action on these issues. Uh, the problem is they take action on these issues from very polarized angles. So Republican states are like, let's arm teachers. Democratic states are like, Let's ban guns in all these other different spaces or places. But again, it seems like hate is kind of on the rise. And the fact that hate is kind of on the rise and that nobody's really doing anything or showing us how to do togetherness a little bit better uh, means we're going to stay pretty divided. And so that remains an ongoing concern for me. So um, with that... 
these are my thoughts on what's going to happen. I kind of gave you a little bit about society. I gave you a little bit about uh, economics. Gave you a little bit about future tech and stuff like that. So here's what I think we need to start practicing ourselves to be inclusive activists in the best way possible. And that is the idea of compassion. We need to find a way to have compassion for the people that we disagree with most. Um, because it's only with it's only with finding a way to love somebody that we disagree with that we can see the humanness in their true actual concerns. Unless we can find the humanness in like Republicans, unless we can find the humanness in um, people that are part of like hate groups, unless we can find the humanness in like like alt-right guys, we got to figure out what's going on with them from a compassionate angle uh, and not otherize them so much. The fact that we keep otherizing these people makes it so they don't want to connect with us. We keep fighting with them. I mean, the whole punch a Nazi in the face thing, like I know it sounds super cool, but what's getting done? So you punched a Nazi in the face. Well, it's going to make them think about being a think about you know think twice before they're a Nazi again. I'm like, no, they're just going to make them a Nazi, not around you, and then like find ways to spread these thoughts and ideas in socially like viral ways that keeps like people at these two dimensions that doesn't get anybody any closer to one another. Like I think we gotta develop a sense of loving compassion for things that are different than us. I think. When we're looking at creating a sense of loving compassion, I think we need to do that with animals, too. You know, if we... Like, think about it. In America, we would never eat dogs. Because we'd be like, what? No way! You can't eat dogs. Dogs are the best. What's the difference between dogs and cows? Like, if you develop a sense of love with and towards a cow, you're not going to want to eat a cow. And, And I'm not getting on your case like I'm about to eat hamburgers right now but Michelle and I are looking at really what we can do to eat more of the beyond impossible stuff because if it tastes just as good it's more it's better for the climate it's better for um, the world but it's funny because like I know I should eat beyond impossible meat but still I got burgers like I'm making burgers most of it's cow there's some pork in there But if I loved cows the way I loved dogs, would I eat cows? If I loved pigs the way I loved dogs, would I eat pigs? I'm still hoping to get the pig to the pig rescue place. But as of yet, I still haven't made it happen. But that's what we need to do is this idea of radical compassion. That's why practicing this loving kindness stuff, I think is something that's really, really important. So again, I'm going to be diving into this a lot more and I'm going to see what I can do to start looking at people that I really don't like and seeing what I can do to develop a sense of compassion for them. Why do they feel the way they feel? What are they afraid of? How can I reach out as not a better than person trying to help them because they're so stupid? What can I do to understand this person's afraid? What can I do to eat less meat? So, because I understand these animals are afraid. There's things I can do, but I got to do the work, right? And unless we start practicing this idea of this compassion thing, I worry about what's going to happen. Because we got to have a sense of love. 
Otherwise, where are we going? So when I say with a sense of love, the candidate that feel like loves people the most in understanding where they're coming from and why they feel the way they do is Andrew Yang. That's the person I like the most. Uh, he's the he's the one barely hanging on. He's not doing so great. But if you read his book, uh, as far as uh, like what's going on with stuff and why does he feel the way that he does, I again I'm not sure that he's right, but I think he might be onto something. And I think unless we find a way to develop compassion for people that are outside of our in-groups. It's going to get worse. And you inclusive activists got to be like the beginning of this change. It's got to be us. And I'm talking to the like 40 maybe subscribers that like do this regularly. Again, the numbers like fluctuate and go all over, all over the place. But there's a definite like group of people that are like the core audience that I'm really talking to here that I'm hoping to hear from. Because it's us that got to take on the mantle of doing something about this and doing it with a sense of urgency. We got to act like this matters and we got to get on it like it's happening tomorrow. Because if we don't, we're going to stay at each other's throat. We're going to stay like mad at each other. We're going to stay like hating each other. And so I think unless we do these things... We're, we're going to stay in this space where things are not good. And that is going to be a big problem. Because unless we, we get that work done, unless we get in that space, then I don't know what's going to happen to us. We got to find a way to like reach out, to love each other, to care about each other a little bit more. We got to do some of that stuff. Otherwise, we're going to be like tank barking at people walking by because we're just scared. Right. What could we do to love on each other a little bit more, to care about each other a little bit more? What can we do to move to that space? So with that, what's going on with the podcast? So the podcast is going to be changing because we're only going to be doing one inclusive activism podcast. And then we're going to be releasing an emerging evolution podcast once a month, too. So you're only going to hear from me inclusive activism once a month anymore uh, because the other month is going to be uh, emerging evolution time. That's the, po- the podcast I'm doing with Calvin where we're looking at what we need to do to get better, to change, to get to the places that we really need to be, to the places that we really need to see in order to become better people. So look out for, again, inclusive activism is not going away. You're still going to get two podcasts a month. You're still going to get them on a roughly bi-weekly basis. But you're going to get them. So one emerging evolution is going to be what you're expecting. And then one inclusive activism. And this is going to be a great way for me to diversify what I do, how I do it. You're going to be able to hear new thoughts, new ideas. And so I'm excited about that. And uh, again, my recommendation of the podcast, since it's only getting released now, I'm going to re-remind you of that thing is that... Um, book. It's Radical Compassion. It's by Tara Brock. It just got released today. I down No, it got released on the 31st. I downloaded it today. So it's out there. We're ready for it, all right? So download that book. Checking in on self-care. Self-care has been great. Uh, I've been on break. Uh, I've been on break since about mid-December. Um, and I've really gotten some good sleep in. I've gotten some good working out in. I've gotten some good cardio in. Um, 
my so as far as like the workout stuff it's been great my meditation completely off base i haven't been doing that regularly at all uh cardio's been good really good uh diet been terrible absolutely terrible eating whatever i want uh and the idea is to start uh getting better at what at eating more whole better for me food starting today so no dessert tonight i'm gonna i'm gonna miss that i'm gonna miss the little desserts but we gotta do these things we gotta get better so uh, with that, I'm going to be reading. I'm finishing the Tao of Physics right now. Uh, I'm looking at another book that's related to economics that I'm going to be reading coming up. So I want to get back to reading more. And though I don't read, like sit down and read, read, I'm listening to audiobooks, and that still makes a difference. And so with that, uh, I'm going to be doing Tao of Physics. I'm going to be doing... Oh, man. i got to look at my library. Radical Compassion and Winners Take All. The Elite Charade of Changing the World. So that's on my to-do list. And I'm excited to see what this stuff sounds like and what I can do with some of that. Because um, whatever I can do to make myself a little bit better is going to make a big, big difference as far as like things I can look for as far as outcomes. So, yeah. That's... Uh, that's what I'm doing for self-care. Uh, as far as changing the world, I'm going to be doing some service at Andre House. I'm looking forward to get back on Andre House about once a month. Uh, I know the Healing Racism series is going to be diving into whiteness, and I'm excited to see what that stuff looks like. Uh, I'm hosting my TEDx talk at the beginning of March. I'm excited to hear some of the stuff from that, hear what some of that stuff sounds like, uh, hear some ideas that comes from this idea. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, it's, it's been a good break, but it's time to get back to work. And work starts pretty much Monday, uh, but work also starts now. And so part of work is getting back uh, into touch with you, uh, checking in and seeing what's going on with you, seeing what your thoughts and feelings are. So for me, um, those are things I'm looking forward to in the next year. I would like to drop about 10 solid pounds to maybe 15 solid pounds. I've been getting pretty heavy. I'm at like 207, 208 maybe. And that's by far the heaviest I've ever been. And I think I look a little puffy. And so I need to do something about that. So with that, I am going to be looking at restricting my calories, uh, eating a little bit better, eating a lot more cleaner, uh, because that's one of those things I need to definitely get on top of. So again, deep reading, uh, looking to maybe do some more Anytown work soon. I haven't heard from my my directors about my role. I'm not ready to release what that role is going to be with Anytown, but I'm looking forward to that too. So with that, if you want to get a hold of me, get a hold of me at 860-576-9393. Again, that phone number is 860-576-9393. Text me, leave a voicemail. I'd love you to leave me a voicemail because then I get to embed your voicemail in the podcast. I get to talk to you in the podcast. That's exciting for me. Um, but I'm really looking forward to hearing from you and hearing your thoughts and opinions. And with that, um, please like share the podcast with other people. If you feel like this is something that you're getting a lot of like help or uh, something good from, share that. Tell other people about this. Say, hey, this is something that I'm listening to and I'm really getting some joy and benefit from this process. It's that word of mouth stuff that makes this stuff so important. And remember, I'm only supposed to go till February. And February, that's the end of my promise. February is the end of the three years. That's three full years. And I've got um, close to a year of emerging evolution stuff. But maybe inclusive activism closes its doors. I don't know. 
but I'm not hearing much, and I'm not I'm not sure how much value is being created. And I really enjoy emerging evolution, so I don't know if I want to look at throwing more of my effort into that. But if you have a thought about that, 860-576-9393, or you can get a hold of me at Inclusive Activism. That's I-N-C-L-U-S-I-V-E. A-C-T-I-V-I-S-M at cox.net inclusive activism at cox.net or shoot me a text 860-576-9393 I'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions about things because we're undergoing some changes and 2020 is going to be a tough 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 year it's going to be tough I think, again, I think we got a 20% chance of maybe something really good happening. But we're going to need to like work like nobody's business in order to get to the places that we're hoping to be. Otherwise, we got four more years of this stress and four more years of this anguish. And I'm not looking forward to that. So with that, I love you. I hope you're well. I care about you. And know that I'm like out here and I'm praying for you. And I do this for you because I really believe in you. I feel good about you. Like, I think knowing there's somebody out there that cares in us, that believes in us, is something that is critical and crucial, and we need a little bit more of that stuff in the world. So I ask you, who are you going to love? Who are you going to believe in a little bit more? And how can you bring that thought and idea to the rest of the world so we can heal the world and make it a little bit better of a place? With that, welcome to 2020. Looking at the world with real 2020 vision is what really matters. Love you. Take care. And we'll see you in a couple, in a month.